that as you know, we're in our uh, wisdom series, we're, we're taking a little bit of a detour. We're going to visit a couple of Proverbs, but we're going into the New Testament today, into, into Colossians. And my inspiration for this came from actually uh, an encouraging email this week that, that shared this passage with me. And as I read through it, I thought, um, this passage is, is too good for us not to all share it and for us to, uh, it's, it's so good we need to all reflect on it, I think. And I'm going to read it for you now. So it's Colossians 3, 16 to 17, uh, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. In this verse, I, and, and the context there, you see Paul talking about focus, I think. He's, he's asking us to focus on certain things, certain uh, things that are true because of the message about Christ, as he puts it there. And that message about Christ is the gospel. And in a, in a nutshell, that we're reconciled to God and that God is present with us, even Christ is, is in us. And Paul wants us to, to focus on that so much that it might kind of permeate and work itself out in our actions, in our relationships, and in our communities. And I see Paul here really giving us these beautiful directives, just down to a nice nutshell of what we come together for. And so I want to focus on that today, <laughs> taking Paul's advice here and, and uh, focus in on it, reflect on it together. And I'm, I'm going to be following Paul today. We're going to trace his steps uh, through Colossians leading up to here and then taking time to focus on it together. Now, just to give a, a quick background with Colossians, because a lot of the letters are written because there's something going on in a church, right? There's, there's a situation that Paul needs to address. And this one, it's something to do with what he's calling philosophies that aren't true, <laughs> that are competing with the gospel message, um, and that are leading people astray in some ways, either in, in what they think or how they act. And Paul is really trying to remind them of, you know, here's the true gospel, and then here's how you should act, because they're feeling lesser than. They're, the, this new philosophies that are coming in are really strict, really rigid, and he's saying, no, like, you're not called to that. Here's what we're called to. So he's reinforcing those sorts of things. And so at the beginning, he zeroes in on that message about Christ. He zeroes in on the truths that are ours because of Jesus. So in chapter 1, we get the beautiful hymn uh, about Christ. You can read it again and again. It's so rich. It's um, verses 15 to 20. I'm just going to read the last part. It says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. There we get this amazing truth about Christ himself. And then, and through, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That to me is one of the most beautiful ways of articulating what Jesus has done. And he goes on to say that this is true for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you, if you think you're an enemy of God. It doesn't matter if maybe you are behaving as an enemy of God, doing things contrary to God's will, his values. He died for everybody, and everyone can be reconciled 
to God. And, and it's total, he says. It's total. God isn't just present because of this in our midst. He lets them in on a secret. He says, you guys like secrets? Well, let me, in on, let, me let you in on the biggest one. And he says in verse 22, chapter 1, um, oops, sorry, that's the wrong one. In, in verse 27, he says, uh, this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. And if we, we bring together some of the things Paul says that are true because of the, what have Christ have done, the, the message of Christ, the gospel, he says that, that we're reconciled to God, that we are forgiven. And no matter how often we slip up, <laughs> we are forgiven. Um, that we have freedom, freedom from evil, from sin, and all that enslaves, and that we have Christ's very presence, the, the very presence of God in our midst and in us. That's the, the message of Christ, the message of Jesus that Paul focuses in on. He wants to reinforce that. And the reason why is he wants his readers and he wants all of us to live out of that reality. He says in the beginning of our chapter, chapter 3, so live out of the realities of heaven. Set your mind on the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So in other words, in your situations, now you can, you can work toward reconciliation because you've been reconciled to God. Uh, in any situation, you can work toward forgiveness and having that attitude instead of holding on to anger or bitterness. We can live out of a new reality because of it. We don't have to default to what would formerly be the case, what might naturally happen in, in our tough situations. And so that's why Paul is saying for us to, to focus on these realities of heaven. In other words, a, a way of putting it would be to share the wealth. Share the wealth. We've received so much because of Jesus. And so don't hold on to that. <laughs> share it with others. So what are we to do? Well, in chapter 3, we're getting closer to our passage. Paul uses the analogy of clothing. You've probably heard this one before. He wants us to get rid of certain clothing and put on a new wardrobe. The message translation puts it this way. I like how it says, uh, you're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put into the fire. <laughs> Don't just take it off, burn it, get rid of it completely. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. And Paul describes that new wardrobe in these, these terms. It's, it's a heart of mercy, of kindness, of humility, of gentleness, of patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. It's one of love that ties it all together, he says, and it's one of peace where we let thankfulness be the driving force. And I look at that list and I think, on the one hand, I think I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful that that's the life that's, that's possible. And I know when you're in the midst of, of circumstances where those things are called for, that's where it's really, you know, put to the test. But we can be thankful that in any and every circumstance, it doesn't matter what happened before, we can always be going forward with that in mind. When patience is needed, we can put off the old clothes of impatience and trust the Spirit for patience in that scenario. Or when kindness is needed or when gentleness is needed. And we can trust that the Spirit is doing this in our lives. And, you know, I, I totally get it. This is one, when you look at that list, you might think, okay, well, some of those things come 
a lot easier <laughs> than others because this is a process that we're all in. It's a process where 10 years from now, we're going to look different, thankfully, from what we look like today. And you never know what's going to come in to challenge you, to help you grow. Uh, that was maybe one of the biggest surprises for me with kids. When, when you have kids, it's like it puts like a spotlight on your weaknesses. It, it puts a spotlight on your flaws, you know. And so I think about that one about patience. And I thought, you know what, I'm a pretty, pretty patient guy before I had kids. And then I have kids, and I realize, okay, there's a lot of work there. You know, just when you're sitting down thinking, okay, finally I can have some me time, a new request comes in, you know. I need a drink, I need this. Or just when we're sitting down to watch TV, the end of the night, we figure, okay, we put them to bed. All of a sudden, one of them starts, or it's not really Dorian anymore. Morgan starts crying. One of us has to go up, comfort her. You know, it's just patience is always put to the test. And, but I think I'm doing better now than I was six years ago when we first had Dorian, but it's always a work in progress. And, and that's it, you know, it's relying on God's grace, hence this part about forgiveness that God forgives us every time we slip up. And isn't that the truth? It's also about forgiving ourselves, too, when we slip up. That's the thing that can often get in the way. We say, okay, maybe God's forgiven me, but I don't know if I can do that. And then that gets in the way, really, in the end. So it's all about trusting in God to bring these things out in our lives. As we keep doing that, we keep putting off the old clothes and doing our part to put on the new, really letting the Spirit, trusting in the Spirit, focusing on the realities of heaven, the message about Christ. We're living in that new reality now. And when you, then Paul goes into more and more about community and how when you have a bunch of people together who are having that kind of a focus, then really special and amazing things can happen. And so then we come to our passage where he's saying to Christian communities, his readers, to us, to all churches who follow Christ, to focus on the things that matter in life and to, to live out of that. And he gives us some really nice directives, some really nice guidance. So I'm going to read the, the, our passage again. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So I see there kind of three big things that, that Paul wants us to, to focus on in, in, in any time, right? And the first one is that first verse. Focus one, let the message about Christ in all its fullness Fill your lives. When I hear that, the message about Christ, I think of the word evangelical, actually. And, and I know that that's a word, talk about baggage now. <laughs> talk about coming to mean many different things to many different people, some good, some bad. But what I've learned recently is that actually, if you go kind of back to when it was first being used in the church, it was being used by people like Martin Luther and the Reformers. And basically what it meant was if a church was evangelical, it was a church that focused on Jesus. It was a church that focused on the euangelion, or the gospel. That's the word for gospel, the good news. And it was a church that focused on that, that preached it, that taught it, that reflected on it, that lived it out. And in that way, it was an evangelical church. 
So I see that and I say the call to be an evangelical church in that sense, in the sense that where it doesn't have all the extra baggage. And I see that it's saying, you know, let that in all its fullness, um, fill, sorry, all its richness, fill your lives. We've heard already about the richness of the message about Christ, reconciliation to God, Christ in us. It's rich. There's a lot of wealth there. Let that fill you. Let that fill your lives. In other words, teach it, preach it, reflect on it, like I said, talk about it often, and live it out together. Don't just hear it, but, act, but really let it fill you. Let it change you. And one more thing about that, that phrase there, the message about Christ, another translation there is the Word of Christ. And that makes me think of the Word of God. And in one of our series, we talked about how that phrase means not just, you know, verbal words. It means God's presence, God's power to make things happen. And that's the special truth about the, the gospel message. It's not just a, a message that we hear in, in words. It's God's power to make it happen. It, it's God's power to come through in our lives and, and change us. So let God's presence in all its richness, fill our lives and change us. That to, that's Paul's number one focus for us as a Christian community, for all Christian communities. And then he goes to focus number two, and he says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. So there's our wisdom connection today. Because God's presence is with us, because Christ is in us, that means we have freely available God's wisdom as a gift to us. There's a gold nugget verse about Jesus earlier on. Um, chapter 2, verse 3, and it, Paul says that in Jesus lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Paul is saying, you know, a, a community that's focused on the gospel, focused on the realities of heaven, that's a wisdom community. That's a, like an incubator for wisdom. And I love the interaction that it reminds us of. It's not that just one person has the wisdom there. It's that we're teaching and counseling each other. And that reminds us of the need for each other at all times. The need for each other to grow in wisdom. The need to hear from each other, to, to seek guidance from each other. For those who have, have more life experience, to, to counsel and guide those who don't have as much experience. And... I want you to know that about me, that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my mentors and friends who I trust, who have given me guidance. And, and when I'm in a situation where I don't know what to do, that's kind of my default now, is to go to someone that I know has more wisdom than me, to hear, what would you do in this situation? How would you go forward in this situation? And in that way, I see that what Paul's saying coming true in my life, and I've realized how dangerous it is to not do that, to close yourself off. And um, so I hear, I hear the proverb 27, 17 ringing out loud and clear, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That's what this is all about, this, not, this second focus. So in other words, we could put it this way, share and receive the wealth of wisdom of the wisdom of Christ. That's the second focus that Paul wants us to have. And then the third one, the third one, 
sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. That one, Paul wants this to work itself out now into worship, to give back to God now. Worship is something that we give back to God, our, our love, our adoration, our thankfulness. We're sharing that wealth back <laughs> to God. It's like the circle is complete, so to speak. Paul wants us to be a worshiping community. And this is something I know that we, we love to do. And with thankfulness, with thankfulness at the, the core of it all. And I remember reading how important thankfulness is at the individual level, let alone the collective level. I remember reading how if we each day kind of focus on thankfulness and foster an attitude of gratitude, so to speak, where you take time each day to count your blessings and thank God for them, it actually kind of rewires your brain and makes you more optimistic, makes you more kind of filled with gratitude each day. So that becomes more and more your default. So you can imagine coming together and regularly doing that, the change that's going to shape us into being more thankful, more optimistic, more trusting in what God can do in his strength. The third focus, then regularly worship and thank God collectively. Sharing the wealth of thankfulness back to God. And I'm, I'm going to, actually, it's a bit of a shorter message today. I'm going to leave off there. I'm going to conclude there. Because we've seen, I think, so much <laughs> there for us to reflect on now. And going into uh, the coming week, going into the future together. Just to summarize there, we've seen how Paul wants us to live in this reality of the gospel. And that we, as a community, can have these three sorts of focus. Uh, a focus on the richness of Christ and letting that fill us. In other words, receiving the wealth. Teaching and guiding each other. Sharing the wealth. And then taking time to worship regularly to give back thanks to God. Sharing the wealth back to God. And I like it how Paul wraps it up. In verse 17, essentially he's saying, whatever you say or do then, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. That's what it kind of all drives to because we are filled with the richness of Christ, because Christ is present in us. It's there, I guess we can see how it's not just then for the closed community, it's always going outwards, remembering that we are representatives of Christ. And when we share the wealth, like this. I take it that that's just what we're doing. <laughs> we're being representatives of, of a God who loves us so much that it just doesn't just fill us, but it overflows. Uh, a love that can accomplish great things, accomplish the impossible. So I'm going to leave off there, and why don't we just take a moment uh, to pray together. And uh, you know what, why don't we, it's pretty quiet in here, so if anyone feels like praying out as well, feel free. <laughs> this is all together in this. I see it's, it, Paul is saying we're interactive. So, so why don't I leave a bit, of, a bit of silence, a little bit of space, and if anyone feels led by the Holy Spirit to pray, pray out loud, feel free, and then I'll close us up at the end. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the prayers that are spoken even silently today, that you hear our hearts and you know our thoughts. And so we pray these to you. And we thank you for 
for the, the letter of Paul today, giving us simple guidance as a community, something that's true at all times for us and for all Christ-centered communities, Christ-filled communities. Help us to live in the reality of heaven today and always, and help us to remember that we have been reconciled to you, Lord God. We are forgiven. Christ is in us. We have freedom. Help us to live each day out of, out of those important and, and beautiful truths, that beautiful reality. And I thank you that that is working itself out in our community, that each day, each Sunday, each time we're together serving, each, each time the, the youth group meets, each time that people meet for prayer, when the board meets, when all those things that are going on, I thank you that that means, Jesus, you're in us, you're with us. And I thank you that we seek to, I know people's hearts, that we seek to live out of that reality. Sometimes it's difficult, Lord. Sometimes it runs so counter to maybe what we're used to, maybe it runs so counter to maybe what feels more natural, whatever it might be. Sometimes it's hard to do that. But we thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can keep coming back to you time and time again for a new approach, for newness in our situations. We don't have to live by old patterns. We don't have to live by the old earthly realities. By your power, Holy Spirit, we can take off those clothes and put on that new wardrobe. Help us even today to continue in that direction. Help us as a community to be able to have these sorts of focus together, and especially that we would lean on each other for guidance, for wisdom, and that we would continue to prioritize times of worship together. So thank you for that. And you know where each person is at today personally. You know, and I, I thank you that you, Holy Spirit, you speak to us individually. That Christ in us isn't just at the collective level, it's in us personally. The Holy Spirit is with us personally. And I pray for, for the needs that are in our midst today. Each person going through, some going through illness, some who know someone, a loved one, who's going through even a life-threatening illness. We pray for, for peace in that, for, for your love to be the, the focus there. We pray for healing. We thank you that you're in each of those situations, and we just pray for strength for those, for those sorts of situations. I know myself, people who are, whose loved ones are face, facing uh, life-threatening illness, so we pray for that. For people with, with, you know, uncertainty about work or maybe feeling just drained and, and even burnt out, COVID has really run us through a lot. And for so many people, COVID has brought them to near burnout. And Holy Spirit, we pray for your healing touch in their lives as well, that you would give them a breath of fresh air today. And that this would be a turning point, a, a turning point towards refreshment and recharging and, and just a, a change in that and bring wisdom where it's needed there as well. So we thank you, Jesus, for, for this time today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.